Y'all back at it in this always. I'm doing what I do because I do what I do because I am who the fuck are am. So I'm sitting here with um, I don't, you know, every now and then mm-hmm. you gotta tap into your circle, right? You gotta tap into your village. Forget your circle. Every now and then you gotta send a special message and say to that person who be like. When you need me, call me, no matter where you oh, are. No matter how I did. Oh, so y'all. Don't worry, baby. You know so I rushed back, back in my Rolodex and I called the girl on air personality, co producer, weekday unwind, nonprofit CEO, event organizer, event coordinator, event hoster. Got her Raheem Devon event coming up this week. I called the girl Toya T, right? And see, you, y'all got to understand, Toya T is that friend you don't call for everything. You you pick and choose when you call this. I can, thing, I right? appreciate Because it. you know, you know you got you to gotta call her for that good shit. So, mm-hmm. lately, social media's been in an uproar. Social media's been in an uproar since the advisement of Twitch, um, taking his life. So when the suicide announcement was made, it really sparked something amongst the black community. It sparked something amongst people as a whole, but mm-hmm. it really, really sparked something amongst the black community. Let's fast forward a couple of days. Um, Romeo Miller. Hey, little Romeo. I know. It's Romeo. It's not little Romeo anymore. I was asleep. I was minding my business and I woke up to the post just taking over and I felt like I was back in like, oh, Romeo, give me a chance. I was like, okay, what's going on? Like, let's, yeah. let's get together. So, Romeo made some statements in reference to his father, Master P. And for me, this is for me. I'm going to tell you how it got started for me because I, I had to call Toya personally. So I seen a posting from Romeo Miller, and it said, it was actually on the shade room, shout out to the shade room. It said, at Master P, Dad, please stop reading the comments and editing your caption. I'm the one who set up the family meeting to talk after Ty Ty's death. That meeting was regarding as disrespectful for being transparent. I pulled up to the crib time and time and time again, and you deflected. I've texted you countless times. You reply and deflect. Social media is the only way you commute. Now you want to talk. Anything to protect the image. Well, we have to make sure. We have to make sure that we get just a little bit more of the background, just in case they aren't you know, knowing because of Twitch, as you mentioned, and what happened was Snoop Dogg made a post and then his father mm-hmm. reposted that and was basically speaking out as an advocate for mental illness, uh, mental health and black men uh, being transparent enough to have these conversations. So that's right. where that arrow went and Romeo felt away because like, hey, here I am, your son your son and you dismiss my mental illness my care my transparency so that's when it started to 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 so it put me in this mindset for me i was born at a time let's say when 
I was born at a time when we understood what happened in Ebron's house stayed in Ebron's house. Mm -hmm. So this episode is titled, What Happens in My House? Now, with that concept, I reached out to Tori T because I was like, ooh, Tori T is a mother. Mm -hmm. She has children. She has grown children. She has grandchildren, right? And she also is a part of my generation. She understands the concept. But she also fosters an environment for her children to be open, to be transparent. Mm -hmm. So I had to reach out to Tori T. So, Tori T, before we get into everything that came mm -hmm. after, let's talk about what happens in my house. What are your feelings in 2022 on the logic of what happens in my house stays in my house? Wow. It, it's, it really hits home in generational ways. Um, because mm -hmm. as we look at our relationship with our own parents and then the relationship with our children, then for me, I now see another generation of how all of that can play out. And right. I look at the responsibility that's there. So I'm really the connecting piece that, mm -hmm. that sets the tone for either what continues or what I accept to be allowed. And so that's right. a huge responsibility. And it's not easy because I've had to work through my own relationship, mother-daughter issues with my own mother and that whole generation. So when we look at that and we just take it right there, look at our parents in our relationship. We can, we're going to tap on the, that part. But when you look at that and how we were raised, what happens in this house stays in this house. What happens is, is that we end up breeding this sickness of silence. Um, and that, just grows and you don't understand how it grows with you until you're an adult so right. it's it's crazy because i can see the the whole thing i feel like i can look at generations ahead of us and be like man i was they just completely dismissed things um i actually right. uh especially in this whole world and connected with my own kids was like yo i see the tactic because if i don't admit anything if I didn't, if I just completely omit what I did or how you felt or how these things were, then I don't have to deal with it. I don't remember right. my mom caring. And when I say caring, they, my parents cared. I came, came from a very loving household. However, I don't fuck about how you felt. I don't care how you feel about it. Right. You know, there was, there's actually a luxury in that. Because if I disconnect enough from you, then I don't have that responsibility to have a conversation, to explore what that looks like, or even that I'm wrong, or you know what I'm saying, or anything like that. If right. I said what I said, I meant what I said, but it don't question it. So any right. of the things that are traumatic that happens in the home essentially stays in the home in theory, because it doesn't really stay in the home. It, you know, people end up growing into who they are and they don't keep that in the home. They pass it on to their home or where they work or what their, their friendships looks like. So you can say, don't talk about it, but the actions around this person and how, who they are as a person, it goes and bleeds into other people's lives. So no, nah, it's, 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 it's crazy to see it. And I'm like, yo, cause you know, P is more like my generation and I can see right. like, Yo, I can see what's happening because Romeo is a little bit older than my kids, but 
it's more it's more so their generation. I mean, I'm connected to both. I remember all of the little Romeo, the rap snacks. Right. You know what I'm saying? All that kind of stuff. Him on 106 and Park. Um, I mean, you just remember it and it's vivid because like we lived it or we're growing up with them at that same time. Right. So it's kind of like, oh yeah, y'all are telling the family business. But you have to think for Master P, it was all about family business. From Silk to Shaka to See Murder mm. to Romeo, it was like No Limit had coming out every week, sometimes three or four a week in the 90s. Right. So it was very much coded as a family atmosphere and a family record label. And this is this hustle. And this is what I was taught from my grandparents. And this is, you know, from the, I've watched all of those things coming up. And it's like, yo. This really isn't putting your family business out. You put the business of your family out. But now the family business is starting to come out. So I got to ask this. What happens in my house stays in my house. Mm -hmm. Is there a expiration to that rule? And I'm going to tell you why I asked that after you give me your answer. So is there, let's take this back to your mother. And Lord, she might beat me. Is there an expiration to the rules you know, for, like, for you? Earlier in this year, I would say that she would say, that's the rule. And mm. in the boundaries that I've learned how to put up and understand, like it has been an extremely empowering year for me within the, our family dynamic. And it was understanding mm, okay. what, like, I can't expect anybody to uphold a boundary that I set. I put the boundary there because they fucking line steppers. So I got to right. uphold what that is. Not them. That's not their responsibility. And we get caught up in, um, you know, saying that people are feeling away because, oh, like, you violated my boundary. No, I put that there in place. All right, go ahead. Keep bouncing yeah. against the wall because, and that's fine. I'm only going to put that there because I actually have a care for you. Because if I don't care about you, then, yeah. Hello. Hello. So when I look at it, and she was very stern in her, you know, upbringing, what she was going to put her concern or care about in, and what she wasn't going to do, that was it. That's what she, I call her the goon for Jesus. If you just meet me, okay. that's what, yeah, what, what she's the goon for Jesus. But she, just this Thanksgiving, at least listened. And sometimes it's not, uh, sometimes it's just that, being heard. It's absolutely just that, especially from them. Yes, because you, who, my mom used to call me a grown teenager. <laughs> take all, take all my air out the balloon. I don't care who you think you are. You're a grown teenager. Because we understood to speak when we spoke yeah. to and only with permission. Yeah, for sure. So here's why I asked you that. I ask you that. So I am 38. Mm -hmm. My mother died in 2019. God bless you. So, so I was 35. And um, she overdosed. Mm -hmm. And it was her third overdose. And God said three strikes and you out. out. Because her third overdose was her out. He said, come on, sis. And when it was time to talk about it, <clears throat> it was supposed to be a secret. Mm -hmm. So I had to say, I had to wrench deep down mm -hmm. in my soul and understand that 
I can't heal if I can't deal with what I need to heal from. So if I can't accept the reality of the reality, and I have to, I won't say lie. I have it is it's being deceitful. To deflect. Yeah. Right. I can't heal. And I was like, no, my mother overdosed. I put it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I remember my grandmother. Somebody even made my grandmother a Facebook page. Lord have mercy. I don't know why they didn't let her get Facebook with chair. <sighs> I remember her seeing it. And the conversation was, why would you? How could mm-hmm. you? So here I go. How could you? Why would you? Mm-hmm. But mind you, I waited to say that till I flew back home. Yes. Because we're not going to family business. Uh-huh. Right. But I realized this is why we can't heal. Yep. And I'm taking it a step further because what goes on in my house stays in my house. And then came, don't tell them white people my business. Because Ooh. back then, I tell y'all, I was going up, I was in elementary school in the 90s, in middle school. I hit high school in the early 2000s. At that time, black therapists were not a commonality. Mm -mm. Therapists were of other cultures. Mm -hmm. Predominantly Caucasian. I'm from Boston. Mm -hmm. Boston, all therapists were Caucasian. It was, don't tell them white people, my business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, culturally, a picture was painted that a therapist of another culture wouldn't understand the things that you were telling mm-hmm. them. Because, you know, we were, we're that generation where, where abuse, the definition of abuse mm-hmm. wasn't then what it is now. Absolutely. So we could get, Because we were we abused <laughs> Right. It was abuse. We could get beat to a certain point and it was okay. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I got beat in the police station and the police walked by and said, I remember them days. Well, it ain't them days. Yeah. Come get her. But they kept going. Yeah. But nowadays, you can't beat your... But anyways, right? So, um, but I remember it being put into me that they wouldn't understand what it is I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So now, what is supposed to be an outlet cannot be an it's outlet. It's not even an I can't say no. Yeah. Not to mention, rule number one is what goes in my house so I say all that to say, we know Romeo's in his early 30s. Mm-hmm. We know that it's it's apparent what goes on in the house was supposed to stay in the house. However, he made mention that he only gets a response when he talks to his dad on social, on social media. media. Now, you know, the comments went wild because it's been this big to-do mm-hmm. about how, how Master P has always presented himself mm-hmm as a good, a businessman, a father, you know, like it's always been a poised picture. Now, honey, you know, with anything in life, we understand putting on for the camera. Yes, we do. Three minutes ago, Tori didn't have on no fucking lip gloss, mm-hmm. y'all, and I, I ain't even so. But, you know, but, so There's a know, presentation. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was weird to see people comment on shit they don't know the fuck about because ain't nobody in them goddamn comments who was commenting been with Master P or Romeo growing mm-hmm. up in that house. Mm-hmm. But everybody had a, you gave them kids the best life. They had it good. Until he started until he kid. started to correct those people that were saying it. And then went into it. those comments and stated, I hear you. However, we were living month 
to month in the house that I was in. That big house with all the gold things, we didn't stay in that house. My mother struggled to this day. And it just was yesterday. It was just yesterday where uh, Rap Snacks, as its own corporation, acknowledged that they did not pay Romeo for his likeness, for his image, for any other promotion since they first came out as a company. So this is over 15 years and he's now granted. Yes. Now they're, they're making it right where they are going to pay because they need to, but that's the part where people are. I need you you to stay right there for Mm -hmm. a moment. I need you to explain what you just said. Cause you, you just said some shit. Yeah. Can you, can you explain what you just, I, I need you to break down conceptually what you just said. So conceptually, if, my likeness, your likeness or image is used to promote, advertise um, any type of product, you are owed compensation for that because it is your likeness, it is your image. This is something that as a minor, his father would have, or mother and or would have been responsible for. However, all he was told from his father is that we own this company. So everything that he did was on the strength of this. Basically, this is what my dad told me to do. And this is what we're supposed to do. However, so all the people that are saying like, well, hey, he set you up for success. You had a show on Nickelodeon. You had these different things. He never received any compensation. Financial, listen, we're talking about money, all right? That's like going to work and just going to work for years and never getting paid. And somebody not even telling you that it was old because you got to think, he was a he was a baby. He was a baby. I'm doing what I'm doing what I'm trusting my father, but really I'm getting scammed. <laughs> and we also understand that when you're under a certain age, your checks can't go See, to yeah. you. Anyway, yeah, legally. They don't. No. Legally, they get you ain't writing Lil Romeo a check and he 10. No. 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 And even if you did, you would have a have a account right set up from someone who was in the Exactly. So a trust exactly. fund or whatever. Thank None you. of those provisions were made. And so here we are at this day. Just think of how silence has kept him financially even down. Mm-hmm. Being loyal to mm-hmm. his father, being loyal to that family and what what that looked like for him meant that he didn't receive anything. Anything. So all them Harlem shaking, all the bandanas, all you all these things that he was out there doing. And, and he also mentioned that none of his siblings had money for college. They had no... Yo! <laughs> he did say that! Yeah. For money for college. for them. So for this... But this there's, a discussion, a scholarship. there's a scholarship program that... So, the math definitely isn't math. In. And, and again, you gotta look at this point. It's at least, like I said, it's over 20 years in, in, in the game. Yeah. So that's how that silence is deafening on so many strands. So when you look at your mental health, your financial health, aware or what, even if he blew it, it's his to blow. You know, that's different right. to be, all right, yeah, I'm set up and I'm this, this, and that, and being ungrateful, which that's how Master P basically touted him as being ungrateful. But when you looked at it, when you really look at it as an adult, it's bad business. It's, that's not... You set yourself up to put him on TV. You didn't set him up. You set yourself up. You didn't do it for All right. yourself. I, I got to play devil's advocate. Play devil's advocate. 
<clears throat> I know we ain't but 18, but um, <clears throat> we're old enough mm-hmm. to understand the industry that we know it to be today isn't the industry it was in Correct. the 90s. It was a totally different ballgame, totally different payola project, totally different everything, mm-hmm. right? So <clears throat> from a fundamental standpoint, being a no-limit soldier, mm-hmm. I thought I told you, you know, coming out of New Orleans, from a set-up standpoint, is it plausible that what we're really looking at is a bigger picture of the income not incoming, how should it have been incoming in general? True enough. True enough. Okay. We can understand Because you know, that... culturally, we've always been underpaid. Definitely. Under appreciated however again master p has prided himself as being a self-made uh person that never gave up all of those things so i understand that drive but there's also some ignorance in that right so even if you own 100 percent or 80 percent, but you actually had you know deals through other companies larger companies and then you know we know how that part goes you grow and you learn so maybe not in the first year of rap snack Maybe not in there because you're signing these contracts with Nickelodeon. These are major, these are major establishments. Whether you knew or you didn't know, you hire people to make sure that it's right. Come on now, Tori T. Now you and so I you both know Nickelodeon that money. Then. I can see, I can see when you starting out the trunk. I get that. I re, I really get that, and I understand. You have to also. We also have to think they didn't come in going okay. This is my company and we're struggling artists and we're going to be put on because of, you know, we want to get with Interscope or we want to get with whomever to distribute us. They were distributing themselves. But he took the insurance money. He did that. So I get that part of the business, like the hustle of it. He had it. But once you get into, I remember the gold tank, like once you're making these kind of purchases, now, 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 I'm speaking era, era specific. You got to keep in mind, fucking BET wasn't popping, popping, popping just yes, yet. It was. BET was. No, no, BET you, was our. That was our MTV. So that was all we had. But to it go, we didn't have the internet. But, but but hear me. It wasn't popping pop. If you think when No Limit first came out, mm-hmm. so Master P and Mia X and them. Mm-hmm. BT existed, but it wasn't the pinnacle of what it was when the 106 and Park era took over. Uh, okay, I'm a little biased because see, I'll go back. I got older sisters and stuff like that. It's always been that for for us. It, if you okay, okay so but okay, hold on. If we hold on. So we're, older, we're not only talking about the era; we're talking about access. Okay, so yeah. for you growing up. In Boston, the market that you were in, way different than Midwest. So our access was different. So that's where our access was. 
So it's literally spoon fed in the programming. So yeah. I can't say like, I get what you, where you're coming from. It's just all this is context. So I get where you're coming from, but here in the Midwest, it was no limit hit. It was, it was literally like a tank. It was like a tank rolling so through. I, so I remember when No Limit hit, it took the world over because radio was still the shit back then. And they Not took over radio. We had no No I Limit remember, on the radio. That's how powerful it was. Now, I remember when we had a BET. At that time, BET was more so R&B, except mm-hmm. for... Um, the Basement. Tigger in the basement. That's mm-hmm. when you got your rap stuff. And, or... After midnight, you remember after midnight. Uncut was uncut. That was uncut was the first. It was the first. All of that, right? But now again, don't forget, Toya. Goddamn bitch, we didn't learn about no motherfucking residuals. We We about twenty years in the game anyway. We did not. We did not. But keep in mind, we're just seeing people starting to get paid back money from songs that were playing back then. And keep in mind, Whitney Houston's daddy took her money according to the to the movie we seen. Well, listen. Okay, because that's a whole other thing when we start talking about right. Whitney. I said that because you said you hire people. It was her accountant and her father. This is so I, I said that to show in that period the access. I love that word you mm-hmm. use. The access to the resources to be able to understand them, we're, we're not as easily except. First of all, bitch, I now, agree. let's be clear: the internet, the internet didn't exist. <laughs> we had to type in www. We had to wait for dollar. Can nobody and get wait, on the phone? I get all of that. Dollar. What, exactly. I'm, what oh. I'm saying is, with the growth of the internet, and I understand that within the first few years. However, your access grew because you did have, like, compared to the working person, you definitely have more access. Right. You know, you have more availability to, to learn what needed to be done. And you absolutely did that because you are, you are brokering different deals in order to get with Nickelodeon, to get with a manufacturer. One, hats off. We didn't think about putting, having snacks. You know what I'm saying? But every time now you go to the thing, my son, like, I need the Migos rap snacks with the ranch, with the, you know what I'm saying? Those kind of, <laughs> kind of things. Like, it's a common, a common thing to see our own image and likeness on products. Right. But that back then was groundbreaking. No, you can't, t- I can't take that away from him. But what I am saying is that, okay, at 14, 15, you get away with that. But once he started, when he was 18 years old, by that time, between lawyers, between what you're actually, from your conception to actual product, you've been in the game long enough, dealt with enough artists, dealt with enough lawyers to understand that your son deserved to be paid for his work. Now, I already know. We know the the scamming daddy syndrome has run rampant within the entertainment in- industry because it run oh, rampant. Don't, with parents say, don't parents say, I took care of you. That's all the payments you need. But here we're learning. That's not what happened. Mom was struggling from month to month. 
to make built ends meet, how are you taking care of me? To be fair, we know a lot of celebrities who struggle month to month because the more money you make, the more money you spend. Now, not not saying it's the right thing, but let's be real. Struggling month to month and struggle, like being able to struggle month to month is different from being broke. No, that's that's broke. <laughs> that's, that's broke. No, if I don't know, if I don't broke. know how, if it's month to month, like touch and go, that's broke. That's stress. That's that's trauma. If I don't know this month is going to get paid, then I got to figure it out again the next month and then the next month. You know how much you age your spirit living in that way? So how long? Okay. All right. I'll accept that. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll eat that. So you just going to sit in it for 14, 15, 16 years? Again, again, you have to look at the mentality of what you're told to do as a child to you growing into an adult and figuring out for yourself what's right. We can look at our parents right now, just like you stated. You weren't supposed to tell the white man about anything. Therapy is not an option. Voicing how you felt was never on the table. So now we can look at it. I can look at that because that was the standard. And there, I wouldn't say I was abused because of it. However, also as an adult, gave way to me being not being able to have a voice for myself. Like I actually had to navigate those things. I didn't come from an example of, of poor love or, or lack, but I accepted poor love and I accepted lack and I did not talk about it. It was something that you didn't do. What I learned was in my pain, in my suffering, in raising my children, that I couldn't talk to anybody. Mm. I couldn't talk to anybody. So then from there, I'm looking at the harm I'm causing. That was the that was one of the catalysts of me and not even connecting it to my upbringing because I was so inundated with so much stress, so much trauma, like violence. It was violence. And I'm still unlearning things from not only my childhood, but my young adulthood. And, and what happens to you yeah. and how your brain is wired and how even in a relationship that I would rather not ask, I respect. So mm. those things, they grow. So mm. that's something that you, it, it goes just what stays in our home. So then you look at, why would you say in that? Why wouldn't you say anything? We look at that on the outside going in, but if we really look at it, there's a whole lot of shit we didn't say. There's a whole lot of things we didn't do to protect right. the people Absolutely. that we love more than they protected us. So that's that Absolutely. reality. Low roll. So as we as we talk about that, do you think this, just from an outsider looking in, do you think this is Romeo's yes. step to healing? I feel like it's bold. It's it's really it's really freeing, you know, because it's like I said, we can look right. at the money part of it and him saying that. And then we'll rationalize is like, oh, shoot, well, hold on. We checking the books and he's right. Okay. So that's a financial stepping stone that would not have come had he remained silent. Had he remained silent, right. then perhaps because people are saying, yeah, I'm praying for them. Like, you don't put this out online. Um, the thing about it is, is that it's one of the bravest things that you can do 
is to use your voice and to speak out. And only when you do that, just like you said, I can't heal if I can't deal with the reality of these things. And because we're not a private family, why wouldn't we do this here? And if I know that I'm going to get your attention, because a lot for a lot of people, the perception is the reality. We've only seen this man in this light. And that's what we received. So that's what we accepted as the truth, opposed to understanding the layers of a person. And it's it's a sombering thing because of the things that I learned, even though I'm still my kids are still young, it was important for me to establish my boundaries with them, but also understanding that they did need to be heard. That there was a lot of things mm-hmm. to clear up. There's, there was a lot of, right. of mis. There was, there's because when, when, when the person that is involved is quiet, and other people are talking, that's not good mm-hmm. because they're on. They're going to get the information from from this, which is not facts, which is jaded, which is this. It's not accepted as your truth. That's the truth that they've been told. Right. So understanding that part is, is critical. It's critical. Um, my daughter has a three-year-old and Ray is so expressive. Now you would see, and she does. And, you know, I'm learning from my daughter what gentle parenting is, uh, the concept and mm. how, even with that, at first I just felt like, oh, you just doing what the white folks do. <laughs> like, girl, like what's going on? Um, right, that part. But one thing that I've learned is how expressive my granddaughter is, um, because she's so mm. adamant with her feelings. It's it's dope because once you're able to understand what those feelings are, then you can look at what's really fact. But at a three year old age, this is fact for them. So we can acknowledge this feeling, but right. teach you how to look at things that you have a choice. That this is this is my facts versus my feelings, um, and so I look at that and I'm like, like she's a better mom than I am, and not in a way of being, mm. uh, and I would say was at that age. Um, I think I'm a I'm a great mom. I did the very best that I can. You know what I'm saying? Like I know that, but there was times that I I was fed that I wasn't because of the choices that I made, right. but that was just to harm me. And so that thinking, I let that thinking lead me in raising my kids. So if now we have a three-year-old who's able to express themselves and it was because the dynamic y'all have three kids. My oldest is uh, twins that are 22 girl boy. And so they'll say, well, you know, mom, we call my son turtle. Turtle is not patient. Uh, And I was like, no, he's not patient. And my other daughter says, well, he was never taught to be. And I said, Mm. huh, you're right. It's a word. word. And sometimes those words are hard as parents to hear. Another case in point, Ray, the three-year-old, was on the phone, on her phone, with her friend, Nai-Nai. And she's like, yeah. It's just me and my mom here. And my daughter felt the way about it. And I said, I started to kind of smile because 
I understood her truth when she would tell me things that I felt hurt by. Now she's being hurt by her daughter's honesty. And I said, you know, she's not always going to say the cute and funny things. She's going to say things that may hurt you, but it's her truth. And she doesn't understand the reality of everything. And as I'm talking to her about her daughter, I'm also talking to my daughter about herself. Because at that, Mm. that moment, you as a mother will not understand how I feel when you're doing the best you can with what you got. And in this person's eyes, it ain't, it could be better or it ain't good enough. <laughs> so it's a hard right. pill to swallow, but I could never have. So now I'm looking generationally where I'm just at this big old age with my 80 year old, 81 year old mom. And I'm just happy she hearing me. You know what I'm saying? Like just right. once this year. <laughs> so you can connect just these dots me. and go, okay, so responsibility. It's it's Master P's responsibility to hear him. Whether he likes it or not, that's how he feels. Like you could you still could have your truth. And there may be truths that Romeo doesn't know yet. Or something that he doesn't right. quite understand of why these decisions were made while they were because it could be for all intents and purposes a different plan that we the public have no idea and that him as a child has no idea so right those that's very true that uh, there's two or three things can be true at the same time <laughs> literally literally now okay so I like that you said he should he should mm-hmm. hear him. You know, he should hear what he's saying. What do you think about let's um pivot real quick. What do you think about the apology that Master P posted? And for those of y'all who didn't hear it, pause a moment. I got it for you all. Today is a sad day because I gotta get out of character and put this on the internet, which I don't wanna do. But I try to call my son. People say, why you call? I did. He don't call back. It's been months. So my question is to Romeo. Like, if you've been in the business for long as you've been in, and you're a 30-something-year-old man, and if you've been around me, watching me hustle and do my thing, why are you not where you want to be at? Because that means you're not listening. That means you want to do your own thing. You done brought your own circle, your own circle of people. But you can't get mad at me because I really thought this was about, the only reason I entertain this on social media, I thought that was about the DJ Twitch uh, post that I put up. And I thought it was about my daughter's debt. I thought you was grieving. Mental illness is, is real. But I want to tell all the people out there that just don't understand how bad my heart hurt. Romeo lost a sister, but I lost a daughter. And for any parent that's going through this, because I know debt, it brings people closer together or tear them apart. But I come from nothing, y'all. And I could go back, I'm cool with it. I won't be angry at God, I won't be upset, I won't go get mad and, and be disrespectful to my parents and none of that stuff. I just say, Dad, thank you for putting me in this world not to get out and hustle and go do my thing. But that's the problem. When you take kids and you you kind of like uh, protect them from the real struggle and the pain and you don't allow them to deal with their own consequences. And then when they grow older, they, oh, you never gave me nothing. At 30-something, man, people can go back and look. You've been shining for a long time, son. All you got to do is pick up the phone and call me or come to the house and holler at me. 
The saddest thing about this, this is what the people want to see. They want to see destruction. So if you destroy me, what are you going to do for the rest of the family? Are you going to take care? You told me on the post that you put up, oh, you go take care of people in the community. That's what you're supposed to do when you come from that. You go help people. I'm just not helping ungrateful people. I'm not an ATM machine. People can't just say they love me when I give them something. I'm tired of that, y'all. And any other parents, you could be rich or poor at a smaller level. You might give your kid $10, but if that's all you got, I've always fell off, got back up, hustled, did my thing. I'm tired of all these blog sites and all this stuff, poking and having fun. Y'all can, but I'm about to go back to work and do what I got to do. I love my family. My door is always open for my son. To be honest, because we shouldn't have to go through this. And if I'm wrong, forgive me. I'm apologizing to you if I'm wrong. I'm still a work in progress. I come from nothing. Everybody go through trauma. I'm dealing with this right now, but I love going out into the community and helping people. That's the way I heal. Allow me to heal. I don't have to be sitting around moaning and crying and all. I, I can't get my daughter back. But I can get out there and keep a legacy going, keep a name going. So let's do this in love, this in love, and let's do this in peace. Because this is what the system wants. Think about it. We're stronger together. But you older now. So you got to lead by example for the rest of the kids. And we can get through this. I'm just telling y'all, keep keep y'all prayers. We need it. And, and, and God going to do what he got to do. You know, I'm not going to come on here no more. So bloggers and everything else is cool. Whatever you want to deal with, deal with Romeo. Whatever y'all think he's saying is true or whatever. That's cool too. I can live with it. I'm at peace now. I had to speak my peace. Shout out to the Shade Room for posting that. Because mm -hmm. baby. Now, Toya, before I give it to what I give it, because what I give I give. What did you hear as a mother? Give it to me from you as a mother and you as a child and you as a on-air personality who indulges in social media periodically. What did you hear? What I, okay, because you know I'm all about senses, right? So it's not about just what you hear, it's about what you see. Right? And the fact that it's on social media and not directed to your son directly, voice note. FaceTime, video, I mean, any of those those ways. For me, it feels disingenuous. Because, mm. like, I can hear the words and I can hear those things, but it's not to your son. It's to everybody. So are you apologizing for the sake of, again, perception? To me, it almost validates the things that Romeo has been saying because as if I'm gonna pull this in and say, all right, son, you know, we hopefully we can get to this point. We can't do this shit, shit on online. What if I don't got Wi-Fi? What if he got Wi-Fi right there? Well, to be fair, he said he called Romeo and Romeo wasn't answering. You can, okay, but I started this off because before I get excited, you can send a voice note, okay? You can send a video. There's, there's different. Like, I really need to talk to you. Now, I'm not saying once you do that, then fine. If that person does not want to talk or time, then cool. Give them that space and that time. But I don't immediately then go to social media and be like, I tried to call him. I tried to, I tried to reach out. Hopefully he sees this. What do you mean hopefully he sees this? Like this, that, so that, that part for me is, it just makes it, because, I, I mean, the apology, if, if anything that you're going to do publicly in an apology in this light, is that I should not respond it to you all, but respond it to my, my son. 
and I am going to okay. continue to reach out to him so that we can work on this um, for the sake of peace, clarity, healing, and family. Boom. That's it. Come on, hire me somebody. Now, hire me somebody because I, I can do it. You say you all about senses, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You ain't going to tap on that perfect scenery in the background. Oh, that video was I mean, beautiful. I'm saying. Oh my the god! Is really that you're unbothered? That video was good. The Baby, he laid that video out. However, torn in between the two, I'm like, okay, Romeo didn't answer. He was on social media. You took it to social media. You got this gorgeous back. Oh, girl, wherever you was at, Master P was gorgeous. But then. Master P flipped it real quick and said, I thought this was about mental health, but I see it's about money. I said, oh, shit. And it was at it that was moment. It was at that moment. It was at that moment that I was like, fuck. Mm -hmm. Ain't no more apology. Uh -uh. No. No. Um, money is a hell of a drug. This is what I'm going to do. So I tapped in. Now, y'all know me. I'm Diamond Kison. I'm always trying to think outside the box, right? So what I did, I reached out to Elise Ingerman. Elise Ingerman is one of my good girlfriends. Um, she's one of them girlfriends of mine that got all these alphabets after her name. <laughs> M-S-L-A-D-C-I-L-M-A-T. Come on with the professional She's a letters. private practice owner. Okay? She's a private practice owner of Myself Oath, Inc. And that's Myself Oath, Inc. And um, I reached out to her because so she focuses on substance abuse and mental health. And I think at the core of this, we understand that mental health is key. And her company motto is um, taking an oath to better yourself. And that's something I can speak to. That's something Tori T can speak to. We understand it. So I reached out to her to get her take because um, she has this thing she's been teaching me, right? You know, she's my girlfriend. I use her as my, um, like, free therapist sometimes. But um, she's like, you know, we we need to do a better job of putting ourselves higher on our own to-do list. Mm -hmm. And I think that what Toya's been saying is just that. It was, uh, we're going to give you a certain time period where you did. Mm -hmm. Then after a certain period, we start to expect you to know mm -hmm. a little something. And from knowing a little something should lead to a whole yeah. lot of something, right? And that's where the putting yourself higher on your own to-do list comes in um, at. And then Tori T said, because he did what he did on social media, there's responses mm -hmm. now coming that are taking ownership over what you said is right. Right. So I tapped into her and I asked her three questions. And once Tori T and I are done talking, I'm going to play her her responses for you because I wanted to give you a variety. I wanted to give it to you. Clinician. Like, yeah. And then you get somebody with that alphabet suit behind it. <laughs> but I'm going to do this. Before we get into that, before we tap on that side, Tori mm -hmm. T, I got to ask you. Seeing how this blew up on social mm -hmm. media, just sitting back watching it unfold, what do you take away from it as a parent? As a parent, it actually made me, again, proud of myself. 
Um, it made me extremely um, just aware of how deep and how long pain with that's not mm. acknowledged it, it becomes infinite. Mm. Like if if it's not right. acknowledged or dealt with, then there's no end date to it. Um, and so I look at that no end date versus understanding that healing is a hard job and right it's something that will last you a lifetime but i would rather be healing than hurting if i'm looking at the infinity of both mm. i'd rather have healing and i'm grateful for the lessons that my children have taught me i'm grateful for the lessons that my mother and father have taught me and understanding these dynamics it just made me real grateful. And I, I really understand that much more how important it is for me to be honest with myself first. Um, right. Before I can teach anybody, I have to do it. Mm. So it just, it just really affirmed. And that's just me on a personal level. And I haven't always gotten it right. I've gotten it very wrong. But if I never acknowledged how much I got wrong, I wouldn't understand how much I'm getting right at the moment. <laughs> so it, mm. it's very much so just like, y'all can work through this. Like y'all can, but the ego has right. to go. Um, like if you set aside mm -hmm. the ego and money, uh, the that and got to the essence of a, of a father-son dynamic, you know, that it, it could happen but you gotta be honest with yourself and as parents we gotta be honest of how we were raised and what we went through and what we what we will intentionally and unintentionally pour upon our children and that's a pain mm. that we have we have a say so i used to believe that things would just happen and it's all chance and you know especially when you are used to responding emotionally and that's just it, and being yeah, led absolutely. by emotion. Like, speak it, speak it. <laughs> Emotional roller coaster. No, no, we have so much more power than that. And we don't know that because we feel yeah. like the, again, the feelings are, outweigh the facts. No, 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 no. Have, let them suckers pass through. Understand what it's teaching you. I, I, there's so many things with feelings versus the control that we have. And we don't understand that that's our superpower. Like we can make choices. We can be mad, but then what? You can be upset, but you can stay upset and it can become who you are. Or you can choose like, yo, that was fucked up. That was messed up. I don't accept that. This is what I choose right. from that. But I hate when somebody says, oh, you made me so mad. No, 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 you chose that anger. Now, I could have did something that was messed up, but I didn't make you mad. You chose to hold on to that, and you chose to hold on and for, for those things. To go. So now it's about teaching our kids, and I'm teaching now that I didn't teach patience. We expect our kids to be patient, to be loving. We want them to, to sit down. I'm going to get you this. You know, like, it's coming. They may not know it's coming, or they know it's coming, but they right. don't. They've been taught just to, just to do. Like, sit down, right. be quiet, follow this rule. Why do you listen to the teacher? Why do you need, like, all of those things, opposed to teaching them how to sit, teaching them how to have patience, 
teaching them how to love. The way we teach sharing is jacked up. We'll tell a kid, oh, come up. I hate the whole like sharing is caring. That's some bull. Okay, because what we're teaching kids is to put somebody else's joy be a, a you know, I'm going to consider your joy instead of mine. I'm playing with this toy. I'm enjoying it. What you mean I have 15 minutes? I'm cool in my 15 minutes because nobody infringed upon it. So now all of a sudden, because you decided right. you want to come up and you want to have it, I should give it to you. So now what about, so we're teaching our kids to then mishandle our own joy. You know what? When I'm done with it, mm. you can have it. And then that person gets to have that joy, but it doesn't, it doesn't infringe upon my process and my understanding and my happiness. But we teach that at a very young age, that that's how you share is to be inconsiderate of your own feelings and give it to somebody else. So basically you're saying to put yourself higher on your own to-do list? At, At preschool, baby. So here's what I took away from it. As, you know, I don't have children. As a child, as a child of the culture of what mm-hmm. happens in my house stays in my house, as a child of a mother who struggled, but grandmother who had money, mm-hmm. money, right? As a child of a generation that's caught in the middle, you know, I think all the time, so like we're caught mm-hmm. in the middle, like, um, they're too young to want to be on TikTok mm-hmm. or going viral for doing the two step. But we're not old enough that we don't understand what social mm-hmm. media is, the power of it, and how to right. use it, right? We're old enough that we understand we have to be professional, mm-hmm. have balance, and govern ourselves accordingly. But we're young enough to understand. But sometimes. I'm getting up, getting up, damn. So, on my prayer call recently, this is um something that they had talked about in it's crazy how God works and how things mm-hmm. come together accidentally. But it was, um, there's a purpose in your pain. And it was a statement of, as a person, you will have tests and trials. However, as a believer, there's comfort in knowing that God has a purpose mm-hmm. in your pain. And as Romeo expressed his pain, I took three things. One, for him to be able to express it, he had to first acknowledge mm-hmm. his hurt. Then after he acknowledged his hurt, he had to recognize the root source mm-hmm. of his hurt. Mm-hmm. Once he acknowledged and then recognized, then he could begin to speak yeah. upon it. Was it the right way? That ain't right. my business. It was right for him, so it was right mm-hmm. for him, and that's what matters, right? And I think that we as people, um, we live in fear, false evidence appearing real. And baby, he laid it on the yeah. line. He told y'all that what y'all seen was some false evidence appearing real, because bitches was right. right? And I think from that, what I took, I took this well-done approach. Well done for speaking mm-hmm. your truth. Well done for not being afraid to speak your right. truth. Well done for speaking in such a poised way. Very you much so. Get a belligerent and start arguing, mm-hmm. cussing. You 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 stayed in who mm-hmm. you were, and you spoke your truth, even when 
responding to people who don't know shit about you, your family, or nothing mm-hmm. beyond what was on our TV screens and in our magazines, Correct. right? You stay true to your mm-hmm. core. Well, well done. done. Agreed. Well done. Well done. So as we embark upon this, Tori T, tell, tell your kids I'm going to beat the shit out of them if they put our business on social media. However, however, we have to break the generation of what happens in my house. Absolutely. House. I agree wholeheartedly. Even if, it, even if it's just redefining what happens in this house, we start to deal with it in this house. Come on. And then deal as you may. But we start to deal with it. Let's place. take ownership. Let's, mm-hmm. um, I can't keep a spouse because I ain't taking ownership of shit. It's fuck you. I don't give a fuck. Fuck your mama. Like, I just, you know, like, I'm just, I'm that one. And one of them said to me recently. I heard, one of them I heard you say right? mm-hmm. um, He was like, I'm not going nowhere. Like, cuss how you want. I'm not going nowhere. So this whole thing you do, I still love mm-hmm. you. And I was like, ew. Who does that, mm-hmm. right? But we are fucked up in the head because of our upbringing. Yeah. And I'm so glad my grandmother can't, can't press play on a podcast because child, I'd be in trouble. But we are fucked up. And not that they did wrong. They did what they knew to yes. do. Yes. And we came out how we came out. What happens is, Toya, the word of the night is access. The access to the resources mm-hmm. changed over yes. the years. Yes. Mm. Do me this favor. Yeah. As I end our segment and transition into Elise Ingerman's alphabet mm-hmm. segment, give them some food for thought. My food for thought is to, um, and especially in this season, because it's a very heightened sense of forced relationships uh, with family. Uh, so this is mm. right on time, is to understand that truth of what you what you stated. Um, that fear can be paralyzing and you deserve the freedom of honesty and whatever that looks like for you. Uh, it is time as 2023 is fastly uh, approaching uh, to understand. Yeah, you don't have to wait till 2023. You can do this today. You can do this tomorrow. At any given point in time, you can declare your truth and understand that there is more than a few somebodies that will listen to you that will not question you and that you deserve to be heard and you deserve to be loved. And baby, that's the biggest and best gift that you can ever give yourself. So as I get you ready for this segment, I gotta, I gotta really give it to you. Like I said, Elise Ingerman, MS, LABCI, LMHC, private practice owner of Myself Oath Inc www.myselfoath.org. I asked her three questions. I needed her to do this for me. I needed her to dive in for me from a clinical perspective. I said, I said, do this for me. What is your take on Romeo's decision to take it to social media? That was question one. Question two was, what are your thoughts on Romeo's replies to some of the comments? Because you remember I told you there were some key comments that he was responding to. I needed her to get into that for me. And last but not least, I need to understand 
What was her take on Master P's apology? I played it for y'all. Y'all heard it. I need to get her analyzation of it. And like I did with Toya T, I had to ask her to leave you all with some food for thought. So let's get into this segment as Dominique Tom presents Elise Ingerman. Hi, I'm Elise Ingerman. I'm a licensed alcohol and drug counselor and a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Massachusetts. Um, my responses to these questions that I will be asked are not um, to be taken as advice for you in, in, in regards to um, a replacement for therapy or supplement for therapy. Um, and it's not to hinder your healing process at all. If anything you hear sticks out to you, maybe this is something to bring back to your therapist and have a discussion in regards to. And, you know, I, I'm also not always right, but this is my therapeutic opinion when it comes to the situation that continue to come up like this um, in the black communities. If you do have questions or you need um, help finding a therapist, there are many, many, many websites that you can go on. Um, therapy for black men, therapy for black girls, or was it therapy for black women? Um, I think it's therapy for black girls. But, and you can just go on, simply Google a black therapist in your area. There are so many means to do so. But I want to stress the importance of the, the questions that I'm about to answer will not supplement for your therapeutic process or your healing process. This is simply me initiating the conversation in regards to um, Master P and Romeo and the situation that continue to come up in areas such as that. Thank you. I mean, obviously, social media has been in, um, should I say, shambles in regards to the situation with Master P and his son, Romeo. So obviously, I want to speak on a little bit about that because I think um, ultimately with Romeo's approach to coming to social media, it's like a double-edged sword. So, you know, we were, our parents didn't, didn't play the radio when it came to like the saying what happens in my house stays in my house like the public shouldn't know what's going on in regards to things that go on within our households but I think in regards to this situation like I said a double-edged sword because Romeo obviously from what the messages say or what um he's been saying on social media that he has tried to contact him um or try to have this conversation with Master P in, in the private sector, behind closed doors, in the home, and that didn't go as well. And then he comes out and, you know, shows remorse and, you know, empathy, sympathy, whichever label you want to put on it, in regards to um, Twitch. Rest in peace, Twitch. Um, represent ASU for you. Um but obviously, I think it, it, it's just there's just so many layers to it because if you break down the household, we were always taught from our parents and their parents and their parents, anything that happens in this house is supposed to stay in this house. And I think that is right about now. This is, this is the reaping of what has happened in this house and stayed in this house for so long. Then we have like the generational traumas and all that, that goes along with keeping these secrets within the household so is Romeo wrong to bring that to social media I can't say he's right or wrong but what I can say if he's speaking his truth in a way that is not suitable to the black community or our elders 
then that's a, a cross that they have to bear. He, If he's speaking his truth, if he is telling the truth, first of all, um, then that's it. And then that's his way of doing so. I promote healing in all forms, any forms. And if he felt like this was his healing process and this is his way to be able to initiate the conversation with his father, because I'm assuming from, and like I said, I'm assuming from what he has said on social media that this is, He's been trying to have this conversation, you know, they, they tried it before and it and it didn't go as planned and then here he comes on social media, you know, having this, you know, this remorse for um for Twitch. And I'm not saying that Master P is not remorseful or, you know, or sympathetic, empathetic to, you know, what is going on with Twitch and also also in the black community. But in order for us to um you know, better our communities or help our communities, we have to start at home. And if your home is not receiving what you're what you're giving to the community, I feel like that is um, kind of counterproductive. Um, and I and I feel for for both of them because I'm speaking as somebody who has lost a sibling. So obviously, there's grief. <clears throat> excuse me. There's grief and all that. Um, sadness, anger, all of that, you know, because those obviously that those are the stages of grief. But I also am very empathetic to what Master P is going through because he lost a child, and my grieving process was totally different from my parents, and even my grieving process is totally different from my younger sister. So I think ultimately, with Romeo taking this to social media, I feel like that was his way of healing in a sense and it may not be technical healing for people on the outside looking in but if that was his way to be like hey yo I'm calling you out on your stuff because you never did this or this is what it's looking like on my end then if that's that's his way of, of doing so I'm not I'm please do not get me wrong I'm not for taking your business to social media I'm, I'm definitely for the face-to-face -face, the even text message if by any means but I'm not for the, for the, the social media airing and stuff out on social media, especially when you're in a, of a celebrity status. Like, you know, we see our homegirls or, you know, their aunties or whatever on social media airing out stuff that happens. And we don't kind of really look at it like we're looking at Master P and Romeo. But I think it's so much deeper than that. Like, people want to be heard. People want to be seen. And when I say that, I'm not saying that as to be like a showboater. But when when feelings aren't validated or emotions aren't validated, we go to extreme measures. And I think this is what that has come to. What are my thoughts in regards to some of Romeo's comments? All I can say, and like I stated before, you know, everybody heals differently. He said in one of the comments that the only way you respond to me is via social media. So if that is the only way that his father's responding to him, why are we surprised that he took it to social media? And also, why are we why are we surprised that he continues to respond on social media? Um, I think we need to also highlight that he's hurting, right? And hurt people sometimes lash out in ways that, you know, maybe not could be conducive to how we would do it or how others do it. But he is continues to comment on how Basically, Master P is showing love to the community and his, and him and his siblings are 
you know, living paycheck to paycheck or, you know, obviously his sister was um, addicted to substances. At the end of the day, we don't, we can't sit here and validate that and say, oh, that's true or take it as Bible or whatever. But all I'm saying, if this is true for Romeo, he is right now he's handling it the best way that he sees fit because he already has already stated his father only responds on social media. And like I said, I'm not condoning any of the, the social media handling of business. That's just, that's, that's, that's not something I would do. But we cannot sit here and say Romeo's right or wrong for doing so because if this was his, what his process is looking like, that's what he, you know, kind of needs to do. And, um, and if it, especially if it's true that, you know, Master P has been given back to the community and his kids are broke or, um, as you said, broke or, um, living paycheck to paycheck, um, since he was 18 and that his father took all his money when all the money he made when he was younger. If that is necessarily the case, that's, that's a lot of built up hurt and a lot of built up anger. So am I surprised that it's coming out like this? No. Um, and I, and I feel for both of them because ultimately, you know, he's going through his process and obviously Master P is, is grieving the death of his, his daughter, regardless of what the relationship looked like. A loss is still a loss. So I'm, I'm very empathetic to both plights. But I can say that in Romeo's responses, that seems to me like a hurt child not a hurt man not a hurt individual that something just can just happen to them like this it, it sounds like years and years and years of continued hurt and why are we surprised that it's coming out the way that it is right now because i'm not what is my take on masterpiece apology it's hard to say because um Obviously, I'm not the receiver of the apology, so I can't really say the impact of it because if Romeo received it and that's that, then it's cool. But what I will say is in the apology, Romeo used the word deflection. And that is what that apology said to me as well. He deflected from the issue on why Romeo brought it to the social media in the first place. And... I'm not bashing P at all because I used I used to be an old missile. You couldn't tell me I wasn't, right? But I think what it comes down to, we have um, trauma begets trauma begets trauma begets trauma. So somebody who was um, traumatized um, and unhealed will only beget trauma. So. This, like I keep saying, I'm not surprised, I'm not surprised because ultimately Master P is unhealed from obviously multiple situations and that has trickled down to his kids. Um, and, and that apology, it didn't touch me as uh, um, a parent apologizing to the kid. It hit like, you know, like a... a celebrity apologizing to the public like you know one of those those type of things it didn't to me it didn't give the loving huggy type of thing that you would expect from a parent 
And then, like Romeo said, he did deflect to like all he does to the community, all he does for the community. And he's not an ATM and his kids can't just, you know, love him when he's giving them money. I get all that. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not here to take sides or anything like that. But as I stated before, this hits me as a kid traumatized, a kid sad, a kid kind of like asking for a hug, asking for a sorry. And Master P didn't give that to his child. Not to the public, not what he does for the community, but to his child. And I think that is, that's a whole different level. I'm not even a parent. But the response that you would expect from your parent is totally different from a response that you would um, expect from somebody else. And I don't think Master P gave him that. What they're doing behind closed doors now, maybe this started the conversation. Maybe they hugging it out, dapping it out, doing whatever. But I really feel like what Romeo needed in that moment was a parent, was a dad and not Master P. He needed, was, was Percy Miller. He needed Daddy Percy. He didn't need Master P. And that's what he was given. You are looking at the product of what happens in this house stays in this house. And when I say that, um... I was, we, me and my two sisters were brought up in, in a um, single parent home. Um, shout out to Betty for doing the best she could. But I remember, and we continue to talk about it to this day, that she used to always say what happens in this house stays in this house. And I think that was, and this is simply my opinion, I think that was initiated long time back in the day, like when you know, like the racial tensions and all that, because um, I remember having a conversation with my grandmother and she, in the same aspect of, you know, what happens in this house stays in this house. And she was like, don't be going to school telling them white teachers what's ha what happens in, in the, and in, you know, in our house, because, you know, they take, a, take you away from them or whatever. And let me, first of all, disclaimer, I did, I did not grow up in a, in a, an abusive, crazy, anything household. My mom was the business. Um, obviously, there was discipline, but she nothing like that. So when I'm talking like this, please do not think anything happened in my house that shouldn't happen in my house. But you know, it's it's outside the outside of the immediate family. There were things happening, and um, I, like I said, I remember having that conversation with my grandmother, like, don't go tell them teachers what happens at, at home because, you know, they take you away, whatever. And I think that is the, 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 the root of what happens in this house, stay in this house, that trauma of, like, if, if I do say something, they're going to take me away from my mom, they're going to take me away from my dad, they're going to take me away from my family, blah, blah, blah. But in all actuality, what it ended up doing was, us keeping those dark secrets that continue to impact each generation. And when I say that, I'm talking about, you know, the uncle that did whatever and continue to do whatever because nobody wanted to talk about it. And um, I, I, I think now when we're looking at what happens in this house, stays in this house, like I said initially, um... This is like the impact of all that because now all these traumas are coming out 
and you're having conversations with, with your cousins, your older cousins. Oh, it happened to you. Yeah, it happened to you. Yeah, it happened to you. When it could have been nipped in the bud if somebody had just said something, if, if something did take it out, if somebody did take it outside of the house. But we continue to, to you know, implement this, this trauma that passed from generation to generation to generation. And this is the, that's the impact of what happens in this house stays in this house. Because if somebody had just said something, things would things would be different. And in regards to this Romeo and Masterpiece situation, because I know this is what this is about. All I can say is I'm sure there are things that did happen within that household that the, the, the public is not privy to. And that has not been aired out yet. Hopefully, you know, those things get handled behind closed doors when I say closed doors I'm not talking about keeping it within the household but they are public figures so the world doesn't have to know what goes on in their household um what went on or what went on in the household but what happens in this house stays in this house has so many meanings that transcends generation after generation after generation and I'm sure that the initial concept of what happens in this house stays in this house wasn't in regards to the generational trauma that would follow, like the sexual assaults, the rapes, the child molestation, the abuse, all that. I'm sure that wasn't the initial premise of what happens in this house stays in the house. But when you were telling your kid what happens in this house stays in this house, they blanket statement. They're like, everything that happens in this house stays in this house. Not you know, I didn't eat two days in a row and I can't tell my teacher because then they'll take me away. I'm talking about all the stuff that goes along with be quiet, don't say nothing, don't say nothing. So now everything's hush-hush and it's tr trickling down from generation to generation. So all I am going to say is if you, if your, if your household runs on the premise, what happens in this house stays in this house, I am not telling you not to, you know, hand that down. I'm not I'm not telling you not to say that to your kids. But what I am recommending is if you are doing that, I'm recommending you having conversations about sexual assault, rape, child molestation, and all that as well. Because a kid cannot differentiate between what happens in this house stays in this house and what Uncle Tommy did to me. Okay? So have those conversations, those tough conversations, those those sad conversations, if you are continuing to live by what happens in this house stays in this house. Thank you. Mm. Mm. And on that note, that's how I got to do it. Y'all, I'm your boy, Diamond Kisan, and I just told y'all so she is. Let them know where they can tap into you on all things oh social, goodness. Media. Uh, social media. Social uh, media. My Facebook, it's Toya T. Uh, likewise on Instagram. We're going to tag all of the things, all right? Because there's underscores in there. But it. it's Toya T across the board. Y'all know she one of those underscore dot dot dot. You know, just an underscore. Just, like underscore. just a little, little underscore. You see no that problem. underscore? Um, but you definitely can catch me on B969FM. I had to put on the voice now. Uh, B969FM.com for your streaming. You can download it on your Google or whatever that is for Android. And definitely for iPhones. Uh, 
but I am on after Steve Harvey, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It is the girl. This is what we do. Y'all, y'all tap in. Y'all get ready for this healing to begin. This is a Diamond Song production.